All right, Ole, Ole, welcome to VU, the World Soccer Show. This is Eric Nash, your host, my co-host, of course, Bob the Weapon Long. How you doing today, Eric? I guess Thornholder is in transit. We should get him uh, soon. We have a great show for you today, great week of soccer coming to a close. What are you giggling at? Uh, In transit, our in-transit analyst. Yes, everybody's in transit. Well, everybody's going somewhere. (laughs) Everybody is going somewhere. Everybody's transiting from one place to another. Must have been tough traffic coming that other way down the road because it was fine for me. Right, it was always (laughs) a little... Well, we'll, Only kidding, Thorne. We'll be with the the full crew soon enough. So, uh, first of all, we found out today, as as we were walking in, amongst other things, that the Penn State women won won the NCAA championship in soccer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hopefully he's not just walking into news. That's big news on the campus of Penn State University and certainly for that program that's been very good for a long time, very, very long into the double digits, even above 15 or 16 now in terms of consecutive Big Ten championships. One, Erica Walsh is that head coach, and she's built up a fantastic program. Just a few years back, they lost to fellow Tobacco Road opponent, North Carolina, but now just today it's against the Blue Devils of Duke that they earn the one nothing victory and the national championship. The first national championship in soccer, women's soccer for the Big Ten Conference. So that's pretty impressive. It is very nice. And usually- this is the program to do it because it's the program that's dominated the conference for, well, this century. This century and then some. And so for this program to... Achieve that coveted honor is, is very exciting, and certainly for two Penn Staters, it's great news. For me personally, who has covered the program in the past and done play-by-play through the Big Ten Network for the Penn State women's and men's soccer team as well, but certainly on the women's side to see this happen makes me happy as well, and it's great to see because Erica Walsh is a great coach, and it's been a lot of turnover since I was there, of course, but a few of the players that were freshmen on that team are now seniors, and it makes me happy for them. You were there, what, two years ago, Bob, three years ago? I guess going on three now. Yeah, yeah. there's been turnover in the football program since I was there. They wore leather helmets. So so maybe they're getting back to that with soccer. They're starting with the helmeted soccer players, so maybe they're going back to the the, uh, leather helmets, which is pretty cool. Anyway, uh, MLS Cup today. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll have some people calling in to, to discuss that. But right off the bat, you, you've got a game in Columbus with Portland and Columbus, two of the, well, not I, not not the favorites, uh, you would say, at the start of the season and or the playoffs to, right. to make such a strong run. Now, no doubt about it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're playing they're playing the game in Columbus tonight. In a, in Four a, o'clock. In about an hour, as yep. a matter of fact. Um, it's just the first year that they're going to the home team Hosting it without a neutral site, uh, you it know, or be. a site that was planned right. before. This might be the second year because I'm trying to think who who where was it last year, if you recall. Last year, final. I don't remember the venue, and maybe one of our callers out there might know. Number eight 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 seven two eight nine nine four one again eight 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 seven two eight nine nine four one. This is Vivuzela presented by the Iron Abbey, and that's your number to get involved with our discussion this afternoon. Right, and please, please, please give us a call because there's so much stuff going on. I guess we'll hold off a, a little bit on the MLS talk uh, until some callers uh, you know, want to get into that a little more. And we'll talk about what went on just this morning 
with the the EPL, uh, big, biggest news uh, to me anyway, is Chelsea losing their eighth game of the year, falling, I believe, to 15th place. Unbelievable. And, and really... they lost to Bournemouth, which obviously Bournemouth is now out of the relegation zone, but they certainly... Uh, they certainly were right. They, they certainly were there, and they won one nothing at home over Chelsea. And once again, you know what's up with Chelsea, man? I mean, it's really, you know, we're almost getting to the point where it's almost Christmas time. Okay, right? Yeah, and they're like at least twelve or fourteen points behind Leicester City at this point. Okay, I've actually heard that their goal, Chelsea, that is, is to be top six. Now that's. Not a very lofty goal for a team that won the champion, that won the double last year. Well, it is lofty yeah. for a team that would need to drop all but maybe, oh, I don't know, 12 to 15 points the rest of the way <laughs> in order to achieve a goal like that. Can you see that that's happening, a, That's at best, I feel like, at this point. Can you see that even happening? I mean, they Not don't really. Seem Top to be... six, you probably need how many points? <sighs> you mean a, I don't... a total number? Well, let's just say... That it's going to so that's about where, Tot- where Tottenham sits, okay? Sure. So without looking at the exact numbers, yeah, I can't imagine they would be able to drop. You know, lo- I can't imagine they could lose too many more games and still get there because they've got to make up a good, you know, eight points to catch catch the Tottenham's of the world, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, an incredible, certainly, development this year. How far a team can fall. And I believe that that's very much a result of not having, you know, I guess a streamlined offering or output. And when it comes down to having a locker room that maybe isn't always on board with the coach. And I, I get that Mourinho has been a manager and when he was going good, this is probably something that was disagreed upon when I said it. And now that it's going badly, maybe it is something that's agreed upon a bit more. But stability... I believe with an organization like that is very important. And even when things were going well, it's just not the way that I would prefer to see it run. And I think it's in part why it's falling apart. And, you know, he, he's so much of a cartoon character that he just it just makes it really tough to even entertain the, the possibility that they're going to be able to, to rebound quickly. Now, the other side of that discussion, Eric, is that they have the talent that they could, in fact, do it. But uh, the cartoon-ish aspect of this season – and I hope that's not overstating it, is, uh, is a little crazy. You look it up, but I think they've got about a point per game, okay? Does that mean? Uh, they, they have about a point a game, Chelsea. So, they're, they're, I mean, and to lose, I mean, that was, was it's being called the biggest win in Bournemouth club history. That's quite, you know, they're, Chelsea's making all kinds of news this year. Very, very few of it good news, you know. What, what a victory for Bournemouth. Just a... Uh, an absolute club-defining victory against a 15th-rated team, <laughs> in terms of their spot in the table. That's what a what a win. Well, I guess I guess the, obviously they've never beat a team, but they've probably that's, never beat a team with the name of Ch- you know Chelsea, a team similar to a that. Billion, a billion-dollar team. Born. What is this? Is their first year um, in the Premiership, right? Yes, that's right. Absolutely up up right. from relegation, yes. Up from up from like I, I think first year being in the top division. I think in about forty or fifty yeah. years, if, yep. I re- if I recall. So they really are newbies at this. So Was for it? them to win in mm. in, in Ch- at Chelsea, by, yes. mind you, okay, big win. Okay, wasn't but that surprising? Did we? No. Have, yeah, because no. Chelsea hasn't been having a consistent year. Um, I, I would say that's a fair way to put it. Or they're consistently. <laughs> 
Inconsistent. That's a George W. Bush um, uh, uh, ism, yes. Quote, yes, yes. You know, but yet, you know, yet you look at that, and the amazing thing about soccer is you look at Group G in the Champions League, okay, and you have Chelsea and Porto tied. Basically, Chelsea ahead on goal differential. Porto. Oh, yes. Chelsea, yep, Porto, yep, and, that's right. and yep. Kiev are battling it out this Absolutely. week for the final, you know, for the two spots in that group. But it's interesting how Chelsea somehow manages to hold it together to maybe outlast Porto and, and, and you know, Kiev. And that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. It makes you wonder, how is that happening? How are they doing fairly well, if not very well, you know, in the Champions League side and doing so horrible on the domestic uh, league. Well, mm, yeah. let's yeah, go look ahead, at a Champions League. Um, it's a whole different competition. It's a whole different environment. It's a whole different mindset. Um, sometimes the momentum of the team carries over in the other competitions. But what, what I've noticed and what I've experienced as a player, you have two separate programs running. You have one program for your domestic league, and sometimes you have players for your domestic league, and then you have a whole other program for the, the Champions League, for example. Um, you, let's let's say in a, a uh, the Premiership is a longer, it's more drawn out, it's all year. Um, the Champions League is more compact mm-hmm. and more chances to just get away with a right. win. And Eric, you, know. you, mm-hmm. you mentioned Eric, and right before you you walked in, Thorne, but that Chelsea's goal is now to be in the top six of the Premiership. So we were talking, how many points would that take, right? Last year, Liverpool at six was with 60 points. Right now you sit Chelsea averaging a point a game, 15 matches played, 15 points garnered. 23 matches remaining, right, for the full fixtures of, of 38 in a season. To get, let's just say you'd need, you know, low 60s, right? So 63 Minus 15 is about 48. They would need to average about two points a match. Tottenham's in fifth place with 26 points. So that, if that's where they're looking for, you say they're sitting on 15 and 15 matches? That's exactly right. Okay, so so Tottenham is in 15 matches is almost almost two points Moving toward yeah. double, absolutely. Right. So they are really, that that's a big haul, and that's the hole that they're behind Tottenham, not to mention the, I think, six points Tottenham is behind Leicester City. Right. Which is getting but you to be a real story, you said story, top six, way. right? So West Ham at 23 is top six. That's eight points back. So you start to think, I mean, two, averaging two points a match the way they've been playing or, you know, is, is ridiculous. And obviously you can't earn two points a match, but a combination of draws and wins and losses could get you to an average like that, obviously. But that's a lot to ask for a team that's in turmoil. Don't know what... Players will remain on that team versus whether the coach or manager is there at the end of the year. That's just where the math comes out, though. And if that's a realistic expectation, then that's their goal, okay, to get well, to low 60s and be that sixth uh, spot. I can't imagine that the owner of that team and or the coach of that team could possibly well, that, be shooting for fifth or sixth place. That's exactly right. And it is yeah. Chelsea versus another team. Roman Abramowitz is looking for sixth place. Swansea City and Norwich City can have the exact same goals because Norwich is two points back and Swansea one point back. So go ahead, guys. You know, two points a match. Go for it. With that that opening, though, with that opening and the league being wide open, it opens it up for teams like Liverpool and Tottenham and teams like that, West Ham. Anyway, you know what? Sometimes you got to give a man uh, a believer, a true believer, his due. And we have a, a man just like that hanging on the phone from the Rose City. Miguel, are you there? 
Yes, sir, I am here. My friend, I would never call you the devil, but you certainly deserve your due, okay? Because you are there, you are a true believer, you spit in the face of Simon Allen and others who called your coach a pub coach, okay? And you, Kelly Porter... I believe it was charity manager, but that's fine. Yeah, hey, you I, know, I what, what, whatever it is. The point is, they said it, you took it, and you guys, you and your um, guy that saws the wood down, your good luck charm, are all heading to uh, to Columbus for a match that starts in, what, about 45 minutes, my friend? 45 minutes, gentlemen. Uh, we are going to play a game that, if I can just take you back real fast, uh, I'm, you know, I'll be turning... 50 years old next year, and I remember uh, I was actually living in Guatemala in Central America. I was raised there, but I remember my uncle and my dad turning on this game, and I'm like, what's going on? And they go, this is the team from Portland. I'm like, team from Portland? I didn't know about team from Portland, but I wasn't familiar with the NASL back then, but I remember watching that uh, 75 soccer bowl, yeah, soccer bowl that took place in San Jose. We lost to the Tampa Bay Rowdies 2-0. So in a way, guys, we've been waiting 40 years to kind of get back to this big game. And this game, as you know, uh, it's to me, it's important for a lot of reasons. But one of the main ones is, to me right now, is the representation of Cascadia going into MLS Cup. I mean, we're the, let's be honest, a lot of people thought Seattle would probably be here first or Vancouver, and nope, we're here. And that's a really big deal. And uh, it's been incredible. got to be honest, as much as we hate each other, I've gotten a surprised about how much love I've gotten from some Seattle and Vancouver fans that have given me hell for, you know, since 1990, since we've been in the league. But be that as it may, guys, it's a tremendous thing. I, it's been so exciting. It's been a, a, a crazy year. But as you said, um, it's really nice. You're right. We, through thick and thin, we have stayed with these guys. No one, I, no one of my peer group, if you will, that goes to the stadium, it's been the same folks and – it's the same season ticket people, and no one's changed. And you know what I mean? It's been that following, and we, we're just we've been there for them. And here we are, guys. It's 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 an it's an incredible thing. I don't I really don't know how to put words into it. I'm I'm actually kind of emotional. It's been a it's been a crazy week. And like you said, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about it's a smaller two smaller markets are playing, and no one really cares. And I got news for you. I think people do care. I think people care that there's two great teams that had great seasons. They're the two teams that, you know, caught the heat when they needed to. I think we're in for a tremendous final game. Even if I was a neutral fan, I'd want to watch this game because, to me, it was the two best teams coming out of the of the league this I season. I mean, there's no as doubt as about that. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Miguel, I mean, if I remember, they made a, a, a change in the alignment about 10 games ago. Is that right? Portland, that is. Oh, it, and it, it, it has gone toward what, what, something like the tune of eight wins and two draws in the last 10 games. Something something like that. Maybe it was the last eight games and six wins and two draws. But they made a little bit of tinkering to their formation, and magic happened, okay? And, and they... You know, they beat everyone put in front of them fairly handily. Actually, I shouldn't even say handily. They were almost knocked out. It's a great story. Portland is a great community. And as a as a Philadelphia Union fan, I would like to have the feeling that you're feeling right now for a so-called smaller market, you know, getting their day in the sun, at least, at least from and, soccer. And that's a neat thing. And i got to be honest, guys. You know, and, and, and as far as being a, a, a fan of this league, which i got to be honest, I'm really proud of. Um, yeah, we don't do things like they do in Europe because we're not Europe. It's a different market. They're diff- we're different here, but it's still the same game. Um, 
And I got to be honest, it was great to see like ESPN talking about it was one of the lead stories. I mean, it's just cool to see us getting the attention a game like this deserves. And it's nice to see the league get the attention. But personally, it's nice to see my team's logo on national TV. Um, I've heard some great stories from Columbus. I've got a lot of friends there, and it is a tremendous atmosphere there. Um, and guys, it's, 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 just, it's, a, it's a very special day, and I'm glad I got a chance to call you guys and, and allow me a chance to well, Miguel, share my, we're gonna, we're gonna let share my you, happiness. We're going to let you roll because we have callers lined up, which is a good thing, my man. But first of all, congrats. Give me a prediction. Can't let you leave all without right, a guys, prediction. You ready for this? Go ahead. We're ready. I think this game. I'm I'm curious to see what's you know Kai Kai Camarena got hurt yesterday in training. Oh, that was okay. a really big deal. Well, I'm curious how he's doing, but the Timbers are are looking good. They're healthy. Uh, Ridgewell's going to play. Charles going to play. Uh, but this is going to be a great game, guys. And I'm thinking back to one of the greatest games I can remember in the MLS Cup Finals was LA going to overtime and Carlos Ruiz scoring that tremendous goal at the very end of the overtime. And, guys, I think we're going to push this to overtime, and I think the Timbers are going to lift the cup 2-1. to one. It's going to be your final in overtime, guys. Now, Liam Ridgewell's back, and that's your captain, so that's got to be a very big uh, morale bump for you, moral bump for you guys. And secondly, just just quickly, what's the deal with uh, your your mascot? And although he's having some problems, they won't let him cut the they won't let him cut the logs in yeah, the stadium. You know, it, Did it, I say it, that? Okay. You know, no, you're subtle. absolutely right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, guys. Um, you know, I'm sure as we've all known, all the fan culture has really changed, and the way that different stadiums uh, monitor and police their their, you know how their fans are. Apparently, in Columbus, they changed the rules, and there is literally—I don't know how if this is verbatim—but there are to be no chainsaws or any logs or anything like that at all in the stadium. I'm hoping they'll make an exception today, but be that as it may, our log is there, Timber Joey is there, that chainsaw is ready, and I hope to God he is going to be able to saw off a couple of slabs, whether it be in the stadium or outside the stadium, gentlemen. All I am hoping for is, and I've been waiting four years, I hope to God we get to lift a cup. It would mean the world to me, gentlemen. And with that said, I hope you guys have a great rest of the show. I wish I could listen to the rest, but I got a little party I have to attend to and a little game I have to watch. So Now, Miguel, uh, before you jump off, sir, we have a campaign yeah, running. Yeah, what's up, man? Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure to hear from you and to hear you Love perk up. Love talking to you, <laughs> Fantastic, man. Same here, same here. Now, I want you to shout your crew. Um, I think this is week three. You know what it is about. Shout your crew, man. Big your people up. Give them some airtime. Well... I will do that. I got beyond. <laughs> got my got some good friends here. I got my friend Jacob, my brother Jacob Hill here. His Jake. wife Charlene here. Yeah, my friend Na from Vietnam is on the way. Who has nah. become a hardcore. He's a Milan fan and has yes. adopted our Timbers. And we went, but, but uh, guys, I'll tell you what. I was gonna go down to that Crystal Ballroom. Real quick story for you. Uh-huh, I was uh-huh. at the Crystal Ballroom last week for the playoff game, gentlemen. This is a huge. Uh, it, they have concerts in there. They have huge dance. It's a, it's a huge place to go to. Wow. It was packed last weekend. I was almost going to go today until I got a phone call at 8 o'clock this morning. There was a line going around the block to get into the Crystal Ballroom. Good God. That place is packed. So, gentlemen, this town is buzzing. Like I said, guys, I'm hoping in a couple hours I get to say we've done it. But like I said... Here we go. So we're, we're with we we're with we're with you, man. We're with you. I appreciate Five you years in the league, and you're it. playing for the cup, man. Congratulations and good luck. Thank you, Miguel. Listen, guys, have a great rest of the show, and I look forward. I you know. And by the way, I, I wish I had 
some more time because it. I tell you, the EPL was insane this weekend. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk uh, next weekend. I hope you guys have a good. Yeah, show we might. We might mention. We might mention it, my friend. You too, Miguel. Take care, buddy. <laughs> bye bye. All right, okay. So there's all Miguel. Right, he's he's Miguel. a little. He's a little pumped. Now we got a special caller in the line. Yeah, we'll bring on Eric Krakauer right now. He oh, is from Big Soccer Head, and he was here just in studio with us a few weeks back. So Eric, good to have you back. And how are you? Thanks for uh, having me on again. Three weeks in a row. This must be a yes, record. Yes, that's absolutely yeah, right. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you're like uh, Vardy, you know. He went another, <laughs> another 10 more weeks and you'll break the record. But uh, anyway, let me see. So so you, you heard Miguel. I, I hope you heard Miguel on the other line while you were on. He's really pumped. He thinks uh, Portland's going to do it. Tell us what we should be looking for, first of all, with this MLS Cup, this small town MLS Cup, I'd like to call it. Well, let me tell you something. When you look at both these teams, you look at their records, you look at their seasons, the sort of ups and downs, it makes it very difficult to predict who's going to win. Portland has some advantages. Columbus has other advantages. I think that both sets of fans for both teams have uh, a lot to be optimistic about. I I really can't predict uh, who will win. I think there are some key factors in this game, though, that we do have to look at. What are these key factors? Well, the first thing is the midfield. What's going to happen in the midfield? Mm -hmm, Eric, mm -hmm. you you said uh, just a few moments ago that Portland had a big change. One of those changes was going from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3 and moving Darlington Nagby more into the middle. He's usually a winger. That seems to propel the team. So what's going to be very interesting to see is how a a midfield trio of Nagby and Chara and and Valeri – are going to be able to produce against a Columbus Crew midfield that has been very good at shutting down its opponent in the playoffs. If you look at somebody like Chani and how he shut down Dax McCarty and Felipe in, uh, for the Red Bulls, you know, that makes for a very interesting battle because Columbus is so good at preventing opposing midfields from being able to establish their game from the back, building from the back. So whoever wins that midfield battle for me is, is going to win. And I think it's advantage Columbus here because Nagby and uh, Valeri aren't the most physical players. Char will have to do a lot of the nitty-gritty work in the midfield, and I'm kind of wondering whether he'll be overrun by Trapp and Iguain. So your so so your first key would be what exactly, Eric? To look it's for? just to see who wins in in those two midfields. Which midfield trio does better? It's not really a trio for Columbus since they play in a four-two-three-one. But whoever wins that midfield battle wins the, the cup, as far as I'm concerned. The other thing is you're you got two teams with two very strong physical strikers. You got Addy for um, Portland and Kai Kamara if he plays. I know Miguel said that he, he got a knock, and we're not sure whether he's going to be able to see the field. But, you know, those two guys are very good at destabilizing center backs. So to see whether a uh, Nat Borchers is able to, and Ridgewell are able to deal with Kai Kamara, and on the other side, a sort of smaller duo in Saro and Parkhurst dealing with Adi. So whichever... Uh, tandem, center-back tandem, has, has trouble dealing with the big striker, you're going to see another advantage there. Now, um, Eric, uh, teams 
usually have a number of things that incite them, that gets them going. Um, these things usually occur off the field. Now, what I want to find out from you, you know, outside of the skills, the techniques, the names, the coach and everything else, is there something else going on off the field with either of these teams that could give them an edge? Let's say a player might have gotten a red card or injured or somebody may have passed away in the box office. Let's say, what do these teams have that uh, out off the field that could really give them an edge? Well, look, I mean, you never really know. What mm -hmm. I would say is that ma management is very important here. Yes. Who is going to be the manager? Who is going to be the coach? Who is going to be able to turn the nervousness that these players are feeling into something positive, okay? Because we know, I mean, I've never played in a big final in front of thousands of people, yeah. but, you know, we know that there are always butterflies, and those yes. butterflies can translate into some very costly mistakes. So it's up to uh, Berholder and, 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 and Porter to be able to mitigate that nervousness or make that nervousness or turn that nervousness into something positive. And I think that's going to be key in the first five minutes of a game. Well said. Like a great manager himself. We're talking to Eric Krakauer right now on Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show. It's presented by the Iron Abbey in Horsham. And we'll give the phone number out, Eric, if you don't mind. Uh, we'll, we'll give the number out. And if anyone has a question for Eric, that number, 888-728-9941. And, Eric, my question for you is this. I look more at it from here from the manager's perspective. I think there's a lot of very interesting elements of this game. But you're looking at... Two younger guys, right? Both in their early 40s. I believe Bearhalter, what, his uh, second year, Porter? I think it's only his third with with uh, the Timbers, only out of college soccer. I mean, what does this mean for – there's been a very much a youth movement amongst coaches in MLS. Uh, what does this sort of matchup mean for, for aspiring coaches like that? Well, I think that both these guys have great futures uh, ahead of them. You know, and the fact that you look at somebody like Porter, who's completely turned around this team from, from last season, that just shows that he's, and the recent change this season to, to get them on a winning streak, that just shows that he's, uh, he's, he's going to adapt. He, if he needs to make changes, he'll make changes. And that's a very good thing if you're a supporter, because you know that he'll make the changes that are necessary during a game to win them. Berhalter, you're talking about a program that's been built there in Columbus. You know, I, I believe some people thought that the Columbus uh, crew, SC, could have gotten to this stage. They weren't completely sure because there was some. They scored a lot of goals, but there was some inconsistency. But these are two guys that have built two programs, have shown that they can get through very tough games and make the changes that need to be made tactically in order to overcome their opponents. So I think that they already have both of these guys already have very good futures. Whoever wins just has the silverware to really uh, symbolize how good they've become. And we don't want to take too much of a step back because we have to give due certainty to these two teams, but I believe that we haven't had the chance to talk with you as a man who covers the New York Red Bull to discuss the, the conclusion of their season and the fact that they came up just short. I mean, off the inside of the post, but it still didn't <laughs> able to, it did not go past that line. I mean, that, that was how close it was. Twice. What would... <laughs> I guess what is the reaction either in the New York and surrounding area amongst fans as well as within the organization itself from what you can gather as to how the season ended and whether it would be considered a success or not? 
Well, it's definitely a success. I mean, you, you win the supporter shield, that's got to be a success. The problem is, in a system that has playoffs, right. people forget about the supporter shield very quickly. Um, you know, and Petke was able to, to win one for them as well. So people, fans, were really looking forward to an MLS Cup final. They were there in 2008. They lost to Columbus Crew. Marsh built an incredible team playing the best soccer, uh, scoring the, the second most goals, if I'm not mistaken, in, in uh, Major League Soccer. So every, it's going to be disappointing, or it was disappointing that they didn't get to the MLS Cup, but this is absolutely a success. And it's a success primarily because you have new management, You've got Ali Curtis coming in under a lot of turmoil, getting rid of Petke, bringing Marsh, who is arguably one of the best tacticians in, in Major League Soccer. I mean, we're talking about these two guys going to lead their teams today in this final, but Marsh is, is maybe the best of all. And what he's built in New York is something that is going to last unless they lose players, and that happens a lot in the MLS. But if he keeps these players and he adds maybe one more piece, I think they're a shoe-in for the semifinals next year and maybe even – the MLS Cup. I thought they were going to be a shoe-in this year, really. Now, what do you think, just before we get off the MLS Cup uh, uh, talk, I just want to ask you, what, what was the year, we, Bob and I were discussing earlier, what was the year where they went to like the team with the best record getting getting the uh, home field for that? Uh, I believe it was, it was about three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so it was three years ago. Okay, so I guess my, so the question is... I might is, be wrong, I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure. I believe that they played the game in Kansas City. Was that last year? Uh, Kansas City was the best. Was the was the the team with the better record? What do you think of that though? Just because they used to play at a neutral site, I guess they played it a lot of times at Staples uh, Arena there in Los Angeles. Home they, Depot Center. They Staples Center's indoors. Same place though, right? Nope, okay. absolutely not. No, but same same city. Sure. Okay. Yep. Close enough. But now, what do you what do you think? Do you like it better like this? Because I I think it's better to have the home I mean, fans getting a chance to root their team onto a championship. Well, if you look at these teams, the only reason Columbus is playing at home is because they beat DC United five nil in the regular season to give them the goal advantage over Portland. I, I personally, I prefer a neutral ground uh, and a warmer climate, really, because if you want to play a, an MLS Cup final in warmer climate. You want the fans to be comfortable and have the opportunity to be boisterous and not have to fight the cold or the snow or the rain. Uh, so neutral venues for me are always best. Fair enough. And you're, I, I know you don't want to make yeah. a prediction here, so we'll let you well, off the hook just, on that one. Well, let me just say this. Let me just say this. They've played, both these teams have played six matches against each other. And they've got two wins each, two draws each, and two losses each. So they split them pretty evenly. And we have to remember also that Portland beat Columbus in Columbus in late September, if I'm not mistaken. So Portland, with a very good away record, I don't think will be intimidated by, being, by playing away. But Columbus, I think, has the advantage, and I think the advantage will be in that midfield. So if I have to really make a prediction, I think Columbus takes this. Barely. Now let's let's move on while we have you, Eric. Since you are you are certainly a jack of all trades. Okay, we are going to move on to let's talk about the EPL this morning. First of all, we started off uh, the show talking about Chelsea's you know eighth loss. Now their goal, apparently, according to the powers that be, is they want to make top six. Well, that sounds a little strange for coming to be coming out of Ro, Roman Abramovich's mouth or. Mourinho's mouth. So, I mean, where, where's that coming from? That doesn't even make any sense to me that they'd be thinking like that. 
ever. Well, I, I just think they're, they're, it's, it's being realistic. I mean, if you, it's almost inexplicable what is happening uh, at Chelsea with a team with that talent. But things aren't working. Uh, if you look at the midfield, for example, two key figures last season in Fabregas and Matic, and they're just not playing very well, especially Fabregas, who's been an utter disappointment. I'm very surprised that he's actually in the first 11 still. You could argue the same for Matic, although his physical presence has been a little bit more important. But things don't seem to be getting better at Chelsea. I'm not sure if things are really going to improve. So to say a top six, maybe there's some optimism there. Top four is out of the question as far as I'm concerned. Well, maybe uh, Roman has some cards up his sleeves that we don't know about. <laughs> and any time he'd like to put those on the table would be great. <laughs> well, he's, he, if he has any up his sleeve, he's going to have to go do some serious marketing come, yeah, come yeah. Uh, January. Yeah. But it's got to be too late at this point unless they string a couple wins. And, Crack, before you answer that, because I want to I give you this fodder as well, we were looking up last year's table, and so the difference between sixth and fourth was actually 10 points. Man U with 70 points and Liverpool with 62. Uh, so, I mean, when you start to put it that way, you'd need about two points a match on average the rest of the way to get into that sixth spot and, you know, over two points a match, we'll say, to even think about the fourth. And I know that's not necessarily the, the best way to look at it, but that is a very, very tall task. And it's, it's, simply, it's simply the name on the front of that kit or the crest there at Chelsea. Because if we were saying this about Swansea, obviously, which is right behind Chelsea one point, it would just be a ridiculous conversation to even entertain. I agree with you, except apart from the badge, there's also the the names, the the people that are the players yep. that are on that squad. I mean, you look at yep. that squad, and you and you have to wonder how they're not clicking, how what's what's not working. The problem is that we saw Chelsea uh, start to to stutter a little bit, to hiccup a little bit at the end of last season, and they've never recovered from that. So if you're if if you've really been paying attention to to the EPL. You've seen problems with Chelsea since about April or May of last season. So there's something, there's a real problem there in that squad with whether it's the chemistry, whether Mourinho, I don't think he's lost the locker room, but whether some confidence uh, has been lost in there. I I agree with you guys that they're going to go to uh, the transfer market in January, but that's just rife with, with, uh, uh, with booby traps because you spend a lot of money on players who might not necessarily add anything. So they're at a little bit of a loss. I would expect a, a big signing this January, but I don't think that signing will, will change much. We're talking to Eric Krakauer right here on Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show, presented by the Iron Abbey. Now, Crack, we're, we're late for a break here. Uh, would you be interested in hanging on for the rest of the hour here, but just hang on for five minutes for the break? Sure, no problem. All right. Number to call in, 888-728-9941. You can get get on and have a question for Eric Krakauer if you'd like. Again, 888-728-9941. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Vuvuzela Blast, and um, certainly Crack is on there as well. Big soccer head NY. Big soccer head NY, Eric? I think that's his. I think that's his Twitter handle. We'll, we'll get him back on the other side, though. It's Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show, and we will be back soon. Olé. 
Robner, Allen Robner, Zimmerman, and Nash is a law firm specializing in workers' compensation, personal injury, domestic relations, and any other legal matter affecting individuals' rights and freedoms. Eric Nash, host of Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show, is a named partner and has been helping injured individuals for nearly 22 years. Call 215-953-2720 for a free consultation. Most legal matters are handled on a percentage basis. Call 215-953-2720. That's 215-953-2720. The law firm of Rovner, Allen, Rovner, Zimmerman, and Nash. They get results. Are you a soccer fan wondering where you can catch the soccer match with a great pub atmosphere? The Iron Abbey in Horsham is the place featuring EPL, La Liga, and Champions League. Also a proud pub partner with the Philadelphia Union with early openings Saturday and Sunday for the games with a great breakfast menu and food menu to complement the atmosphere. The Iron Abbey voted Best Bar of the Year 2015 offers 40 beers on draft and over 800 bottles to choose from. Visit their award-winning bottle shop, The Loft, for great takeout and -and mix-and-match six-packs to go. If you're a soccer fan, you have to check out Iron Abbey, the official soccer pub in the Burbs. Go to ironabbey.com for schedules and like them on Facebook to stay up to date. Please check out the Iron Abbey presents Vuvuzela World Soccer Show every Sunday from 3 to 5 on 610 Sports. Roughneck Scarfs is proud to be an official sponsor of the Vuvuzela Show. Roughneck specializes in custom scarves for schools, clubs, supporters, and corporate promotions. They're also the official scarf supplier to U.S. Soccer, MLS, USL, and NCAA. Visit roughneckscarves.com and use promo code VUVU for an exclusive discount on your next scarf order. Roughneck Scarves. Better service, better designs, better scarves. If you suffer from pain or tension, Dr. Frank McCaffrey of Academy Injury and Health Center can help. Academy Injury can help you get out of pain just like they've helped many patients in WTEL's listening audience. In fact, mention the word soccer and receive an incredible first visit special offer. Call Academy Injury and Health Center at 215-637-1212. That's 215-637-1212. Academy Injury and Health Center can get you out of pain and enhance your performance. Okay, welcome back. Ole, ole. Welcome back to the Vuvu Soccer Show. Thorne, Eric, Bob, we're all here. And uh, Mr. Krakow on the line. And Mr. Krakow are on the line. Yeah, the big, the big soccer head is still there. Are you still there? I am still here. Awesome. There he is. Listen, so, uh, so Eric, we had some very interesting matches uh, in the EPL this morning. First of all, I think I may owe a little bit of apology to the Leicester City people here. I've been kind of saying that their record was a little weak, that they beat the Norwich Cities and the Sunderlands of the world. But you know what? You know, t- t- every week as they keep pouring on the points and actually ascend to the top of the the league, you got to start giving uh, giving them their due. I mean, they're not just Jamie Vardy as Madras uh, had a hat trick today. I'm sorry, yesterday. So, uh, your thoughts on Leicester City, Eric? First of all, well, I think that the the Christmas uh, break, not the break in the Premier League, but the next couple of weeks or three weeks are going to be very important for Leicester City because. One thing that we know about Leicester City is that the squad isn't very deep. So if they have the misfortune of getting an injury of a key player like a Drinkwater or a Mares or even Vardy, they're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, so, 
and they also have very difficult games coming up. Uh, you said this last week, if I recall correctly, Eric, that they're so far the fixture list has been fairly easy, easy in quotation marks. They were able to get a tie against Manchester United, which was very important, but they still have some big games, and the games are going to keep coming in a very short span, a very short amount of time. So we'll see if they're able to keep this pace without being very deep. Well, well, the first thing, they don't, they don't have to worry about European competition, so wouldn't that give them a little bit of advantage right there that they wouldn't be playing any midweek games at all? I don't know where oh, they stand. Yeah, I don't know where they stand on the cup and, and 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 that. I don't know where they are with the cup, but yeah. But, but in a way, wouldn't that balance it out a little bit, Eric? Well, it probably does. But you, you know, a lot of teams. First of all, we don't have European games now until uh, we got a couple. I think we got another week of European games, and then we have a break until February. And the Premier League is really the only league that doesn't give. Uh, its teams a break. So the Bundesliga has about a month off. La Liga has a couple of weeks off. The Premier League keeps going on. And that's really a problem very often for the players that play in the Premier League and then play for their countries and then in European competition. But it's also a problem for the smaller teams that don't have the finances to build deeper squads. And, and that is the problem that I see with Leicester City, is that there are going to be a lot of premiership games over the holidays um, and, you know, that's a lot of minutes on those players' legs. We're talking to Eric Krakauer right here on Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show, and, yeah, you certainly talk about that break and, and being an issue in the English Premier League, and this is going to take about a 90-degree a hook here, um, but I, I think it's a good point that you bring up, and when we talk about it's certainly a few years away from the World Cup, but that's probably going to be an issue in the Premier League much more so than the other leagues in Europe because of, like you said, these built-in breaks and, and maybe they need to extend it by a week or two in some of these other leagues. But that's, that's maybe another issue with the Premier League and the marketing is huge in terms of having a consistent product and, and that makes sense to, for them to continue, to continue their play. But uh, I wonder if that's another you know, adverse, adverse impact. Interesting. Just a quick interesting note. Uh, Leicester with Vardy and Madras have 24 goals, okay? That's more than the famed triumvirate of, of Ronaldo, Bale, and Benzema hey, Real Madrid. And that's, that's, you know, that's not something to sneeze at, okay? And, you know, the streak ended with Vardy this week, and the hat-trick was scored by, by his uh, compatriot. So they're, they're scoring yep. a lot of goals. We will see, because uh, I know they play Liverpool. I believe they play Chelsea or, or, or United coming up soon. So they're, you know, they're going to be tested but uh, some some other uh, teams, uh, Man City going to Stoke and losing two nothing. Eric, now that was, I mean, not only did did City lose two nothing, but they were thoroughly outplayed. Would you agree with that? I uh, yeah, I would agree with that. You know, City has not uh, had a very good away re- record recently, and you saw it there. And Stoke, you I mean you got to give it to to Mark Hughes. He has been able to uh, build a squad with the with sort of the finances now that the Premier League has with those, that big TV rights uh, deal that they did, bringing, out, bringing players like Shakiri in. And Shakiri was the catalyst uh, uh, with Arnautovic in, in that game. And you, you have to look at Stoke now as a different team from the one that everybody pokes fun, of, uh, fun about. You know, in discussions about Messi and Ronaldo in the past, one of the things that was always said was you can't imagine Messi playing at Stoke City on a, on a rainy, drizzly February night. 
right, on a Sunday. But now Stoke is, is no longer that physical team that just beats the crap out of its opponents. They're actually playing nice football. You know, they got Boyan Krikic, Arnautovic, as I said, and, and Shakiri. This is a team that uh, can surprise a lot of people. But, but looking at Man City, considering their away record, I'm not that surprised that they, they let this one slip. It's funny, though, Eric, when you look at their, when you hear a list of their players that are out, uh, maybe it makes a little more sense the way they're playing right now. I mean, they're really playing short right now. Yeah, but they've got the deepest team in Europe. I mean, look at the money that they've spent. You know, even though they had David Villa, uh, David, Villa David Silva out uh, for a few weeks, they still had Kevin De Bruyne, who was a £60 million, pound, if I recall right. correctly, signing on the field. You've got a player like Nasri on the bench. You know, so I don't think we can complain that much about injuries when they've got players that are worth more than entire squads in other places in Europe. Well, Eric, you mentioned, I'm gonna, I hope I'm saying his name right, Jardin Securi. I hope I said yeah. it. Beginning with an X, I'll tell you, if you haven't seen this guy play, wow. I mean, he's amazing. I mean, I, I couldn't believe some of the moves that guy was making, okay? Him and, and, him and Arna, is it Arnato, Marco Arnato? Probably saying that. Yeah, yeah, they're an unbelievable dynamic duo. I mean, watching Stoke for years, you know, trying to protect a one nothing lead, um, you know, at, at the Britannia. I, I, wow, it's like a new Stoke team. I'll tell you what, it was pretty impressive though. At least for one day, they really gave it to City badly and made you know, and they're you know they're mid table like they usually are, but they look like a threat. At least for one day, they did. Your thoughts? Well, you know what, what's interesting about the Premier League this season is that there's a lot more competition. You know, you have diehard Premier League fans who have always uh, said that the Premier League is the best league in Europe. I never agreed. I, I still and I continue to say that La Liga is the best league uh, technically with the best players. I know that you've got two teams, three teams that are always at the top of the table. But the Premier League this year has offered something that – most leagues don't, and that is competition from top to bottom. You're not going to go anywhere, maybe Sunderland, but even they're finding a little bit of form uh, now, but you're not going to go anywhere and not get a fight. And I think that speaks a lot to the amount of money that has been thrown into the Premier League and, uh, and how these smaller teams have been able to build better projects more consistent, sign better players, getting them from bigger teams. I mean, if you look at somebody like Shakiri, he came from Inter Milan, and don't forget that just before that, he was at Bayern Munich. So in a way, this guy has taken a huge step down in terms of the quality of team he plays for, but he's making a tremendous amount of money. So when you're able to bring players like that to smaller teams, it's going to improve the league. It's going to make every game much more interesting for the neutral fans like me. I mean, with, uh, with United, with the chance to ser- seriously – you know, get to the top of the table. They they lay an egg with a zero zero draw with West Ham, and I guess you could say the same for Spurs with a kind of uh, not very thrilling one one uh, draw with West Brom. But you know, you know, and I had I had the coach calling me up, you know, laughing, telling how how Tottenham uh, blew you know blue points yesterday, choked, and then of course his Liverpool really laid an egg this morning. Dropping, dropping a match to a to a Newcastle team that's fighting for relegate, fighting against relegation two 0 So uh, you put all that together, and what, what did we learn this weekend? I guess, if, if anything, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, that, the game, inconsist- 
that inconsistency reigns supreme in the Premier League this season. It's a lot more fun. It is. I think all in all, I think it's a lot more fun. But I, you know, it's it's nice to know that you know you can afford a draw or even a bad draw or a bad loss and not be you know you know be done. You know, because this year, you know, there's there's some room for error, which makes it a lot more exciting, in my opinion. Where's there room for error? No, I'm coming from the point of view as a player. All right, every single game you can win. It doesn't matter if you're coming up against Chelsea or Man U. What you might do if you have an explosive, awesome team like Man U and you're coming up against them, you might play line line two or three, which is a little bit more defensive in terms of how you start up. But every player on that field is thinking that they're going to win every single game. I don't know, man. Mm. Right now, the fans at Old Trafford, and Eric can speak to this, mm. it looks to me like they want to string him up. Their manager, because they're not scoring any goals, man. Yeah, Yeah, they're not scoring any goals, Eric. What's up with that? Well, listen, they're not scoring goals, but their defense is tight. Oh, solid. Uh, Their goalkeeper as well. And there's something to be said about that. I mean, this was a Manchester United team that was leaking goals just a a year ago um, and and the year before that. So he's come in, Luis Van Gaal. I'm not his biggest fan, but he's Mm -hmm. come in and created a, a defensive uh, 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 f- formation, or he, he's he's uh, implemented a defensive system that is working very well. But obviously, up top, people are misfiring, and it's not looking good. And if you are a Manchester United fan, you're used to the sort of free-flowing, attacking football of the Alex Ferguson era. So this is definitely in stark contrast to that. And because they've been spoiled for so long, they're going to boo Luis Van Gaal and uh, I don't think he's in any danger I mean they're look where they are in the league but it does make for some very dull football it's been a lot a lot of I don't know if dull is the exact right word but there's been a lot of nil nil one nothing there's been a lot a lot of low scoring matches at least the last couple of weeks tonight you know from from my viewpoint but have you seen that sure I mean yeah, yeah I mean to an extent absolutely but what uh, what's your I guess reasoning or question about that is it you don't see it as an issue. Maybe the defenses are just getting better. You know, maybe the defenses, like you said, it's last also year, a small sample size. You're talking about a couple of weeks at a time. They could, the teams could go off next week, right? I well, mean, I'm, I'm looking at a team like you know, there's two teams right there: uh, Manchester United and, and Tottenham Hotspur. Both are playing very, very well defensively. Okay, very well. And uh, that's been all year for Man U. Man U's had a great defense, look but at, they look have at Tod- not look had at the Tottenham's scoring. goals against compared sure. to the, the the brittle D that they had last year. So I don't know. Maybe it's a trend. Maybe maybe the defense is getting getting a little bit ahead of the offense. I don't know, Eric. What do you think? Too small sample size at this point. I think that it's a little early to tell, but we are seeing better uh, defenses in the Premier League. You know, the, the Premier League has is, is not been known historically for great defending. It's been, it's been known for great entertainment and a lot of goals being scored. But as the league has become more European uh, with tactics that are more akin to the ones that you see in, uh, in the big uh, continental leagues like in Italy and, and Spain, uh, you're going to see a little bit more of a, of a goal drought. But I think we're still seeing that that's sort of weekend in and weekend out. You might have a, a slow goal-scoring weekend one weekend, but you'll have a good one the next. So we, 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 we will see. I'm noticing some uh, some problems, though. You know, you know, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm looking at Tottenham. I'm just saying, you know, the, 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 the back four looks really strong. And, you know, Lloris was always strong. 
uh, United also. So it would it would seem to me if these teams are playing like I've always followed Athletic Madrid, and I think they've given up six goals only this year. Okay, a very small amount. Uh, maybe that's the way to go because uh, certainly Athletic uh, Athletic has had a lot of a lot of success, and Tottenham. That's- you know, so I don't know. Maybe that's the way. If you don't give up the goals, if you're giving up less than a goal a game, you're going to be there to the end. Is that is that a fair statement? I think that's a very fair statement. And if you're a Tottenham fan, you're very happy that you've only lost one game this season. So in the in the Premier League, that is an own goal. Very very an own yeah, goal at Old Trafford, goal. by the way. You know, so Absolutely. yeah, right. So that, that not, but but still. I'm still getting calls saying, well, you've got eight draws. And I know, I remember a year where Tottenham did not, you know, ended up in fifth place because they had too many draws. And I'm saying, you know, six wins, okay. Eight draws, maybe not okay. Too many draws. You know what I'm saying? You got to, sometimes you got to open it up a little bit and win that game. Like yesterday's game was a perfect example. Anyway, we got to go to a break. Uh, I guess, Eric, I guess we're going to say goodbye to you now. But, uh, yeah. You know, yep. thank you so much um, for for staying on through the break and everything, and uh, we'll we'll get you next week because I I really want to hear your thoughts when the Champions League draw comes be, on. Okay, before you leave, Eric, shout your crew, sir. Uh, shout my crew. Well, yes. I want a, a little shout out to uh, my the soccer team that I play on, the Manhattan Kickers. We got nice drubbed today in the uh, <laughs> in the New York State Cup. We lost six nil. We had a lot of players out and we, our goalkeeper got a red card in the first 15 minutes so they need a little pick me up <laughs> how old are the kickers how old is the team yeah are they youngsters yeah. grown men i assume oh no it's it's an it's an adult league i'm one of the older players and would have turned 35 unfortunately next week maybe it's time i hang up my boots no <laughs> never man so that so listen we got to run because we do you. have a break and bob's laughing me thank you eric big soccer head Listen Thank to him. Much. We post everything that he does that he gives us. We post on our site. There we go. Thank All right. Take much. care, Eric. And this Bye. is Vuvuzel, the World Soccer Show. We'll be right back after this. Are you a soccer fan wondering where you can catch the soccer match with a great pub atmosphere? The Iron Abbey in Horsham is the place featuring EPL, La Liga, and Champions League. Also a proud pub partner with the Philadelphia Union with early openings Saturday and Sunday for the games with a great breakfast menu and food menu to complement the atmosphere. The Iron Abbey voted Best Bar of the Year 2015 offers 40 beers on draft and over 800 bottles to choose from. Visit their award-winning bottle shop, The Loft, for great takeout and mix and match six packs to go. If you're a soccer fan, you you have to check out Iron Abbey, the official soccer pub in the Burbs. Go to ironabbey.com for schedules and like them on Facebook to stay up to date. Please check out the Iron Abbey presents Vuvuzela World Soccer Show every Sunday from 3 to 5 on 610 Sports. Roughneck Scarfs is proud to be an official sponsor of the Vuvuzela Show. Roughneck specializes in custom scarves for schools, clubs, supporters, and corporate promotions. They're also the official scarf supplier to U.S. Soccer, MLS, USL, and NCAA. Visit roughneckscarves.com and use promo code VUVU for an exclusive discount on your next scarf order. Roughneck Scarves. Better service, better designs, better scarves. Robner, Allen Robner, Zimmerman, and Nash is a law firm specializing in workers' compensation, personal injury, domestic relations, and any other legal matter affecting individuals' rights and freedoms. Eric Nash, host of Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show, is a named partner and has been helping injured individuals for nearly 22 years. 
call 215-953-2720 for a free consultation. Most legal matters are handled on a percentage basis. Call 215-953-2720. That's 215-953-2720. The law firm of Rovner, Allen, Rovner, Zimmerman, and Nash. They get results. If you suffer from pain or tension, Dr. Frank McCaffrey of Academy Injury and Health Center can help. Academy Injury can help you get out of pain just like they've helped many patients in WTEL's listening audience. In fact, mention the word soccer and receive an incredible first visit special offer. Call Academy Injury and Health Center at 215-637-1212. That's 215-637-1212. Academy Injury and Health Center can get you out of pain and enhance your performance. The city of brotherly love. How you doing? And sisterly affection. We are 610 Sports WTEL AM Philadelphia. Okay, we are back. That was a quick first hour. Brandon, we want to thank Eric Krakauer. We kind of had to nudge him off because I was going to go up against it. So thank you, Eric. It's a... Big, uh, wait, help me, help me with his name. His, Big, uh, soccer head. Big Soccer Head. Big Soccer Head, head NY. Yes. Oh, now it's NY. Oh, that's fancy. I believe that's correct. I think you're right. I think you're right. But yeah. he does. We do post his podcast, which, by the way, is very good. It is. You know, he yes. gets really, like, gets really into the heavy duty stuff. In like, fact, he was into stuff. the heavy duty stuff in the first hour, but, you know, he's got to save a little bit for his own podcast. That's, so that's it's not fair. just a regurgitation. Obviously, there's lots. New stuff out there for Eric when he does when he does his podcast. So we're always excited to have him on the show. And now we have our next guest, and we're gonna tune up the music. There it is. It's every week right here on Vuvuzel. <laughs> the World Soccer Show is presented by the Iron Abbey, and this is Matthias Schmidt. How are you today, Matthias? I am well. How are you guys? Well, we're doing well, and we're living in a week of a a Bayern Munich loss. Uh, we haven't seen that in quite a long time. So, Matthias, we have to we have to get your just initial thoughts. Bayern Munich goes down. Uh, what world are we living in? <laughs> we live in a great world because Chelsea <laughs> lost, and for and for a Bayern fan, that that's always soothing, whether we win or lose. <laughs> yeah, and Liverpool lost too. So there's a lot. There's a lot. And, and City, that? there's a lot to smile about this year. Now Arsenal, but unfortunately, I guess didn't, didn't we, lose. I guess we have to wait another season to be the German equivalent of the 1972 Miami Dolphins, and I can live with that. Yeah, well, I mean, it certainly looked like they were doing it. So, tell us, uh, did you first of all, did you have a chance to watch the game uh, when it was? I, I watched the game, and um, as it happens often, when you don't score in the first half, when you when you're dominating, you know, Bayern hit the, the hit the post and couldn't close out uh, some of these uh, uh, scoring opportunities. And then uh, uh, Gladbach is a a team with momentum. They can play soccer, as they have proven. And um, after the 1-0, it looked like Bayern was pushing up a little bit uh, too much um, with their offensive midfield that left the back four exposed. And then you get scored upon... Um, by Stindl, and then Fabian Johnson scored yet again. He seems to be a, a, a bench for Gladbach. Yeah, and, um, and, and Jonathan Brooks, nothing. another U.S. men's national yeah, team. Yeah, scored as well. Yeah, it was the weekend of the U.S. men's national team superstars that play in the Bundesliga. So, 
you know, uh, Guardiola said after the match uh, uh, that the, the the midfield was exposed in those uh, um, minutes after the uh, after going down one nothing, and uh, you're penalized uh, quickly if you're playing against a really good team, and uh, you have to learn from this. And uh, you know, regardless of the injuries that, that Bayern has right now, the um, there's a Champions League match on Wednesday. They're in the knockout run anyway. They have one cup match against Darmstadt. And then there's a winter break where all the interplayer can uh, recover. And then, you know, next uh, next year it starts in earnest because no trophies are won in December. We're talking to Matthias Schmidt right now on Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show. Certainly a big weekend in the Bundesliga. And Bayern Munich going down for um, for the first time in, in quite a while, and that's that's the biggest story of the weekend. What else? What else is going on in the Bundesliga? Certainly, we talked a little bit in the last hour uh, about the English Premier League. Eric brought up a good point about how in the English Premier League we're seeing scoring down a little bit. Uh, I don't know that we would say that that's quite the case in the Bundesliga, and maybe Bayern Munich certainly a, a big part of that. But uh, for as a guy that follows both leagues. Maybe it's a theme to continue to bring forward in this show. Do you see a difference in either the defending or the offensive output put or a reason why we see more scoring in Bundesliga? Uh, I think, and you know, Klopp kind of brings this uh, uh, high-pressing style to the Premier League, which uh, I've watched uh, the Premier League over the years, and I think that's probably one of the biggest differences between the Bundesliga and and the a Premier League that teams just don't seem to uh, press that high as a lot of teams do in the Bundesliga. Unless you're playing against Bayern, then you defend really, really deep. Um, so, you know, the the physicality of the of the Premier League seems to be standing out um, that uh, former Bundesliga players notice as the first thing. Um, you know, technically, they're on the same level. Um, I say, you know, the scoring uh, historically has been higher in the Bundesliga, um, a little bit higher than the Premier League. Um, I like watching both uh, both leagues. So um, um, the the differences are really, you know, minute. Um, for the average fan. Now let me ask you: Going into the last, the last round of the Champions League, you have uh, in Group B in the Champions League, you have Wolfsburg hosting Manchester United. What, what are your thoughts about that game coming up? You know, Wolfsburg uh, lost uh, at home against Dortmund um, after they scored in the, the, the equalizer in the 92nd minute, and then Dortmund scores uh, uh, in the 94th minute and ends uh, Wolfsburg uh, whole winning streak. So I would have hoped for Wolfsburg to come into the um, Champions League match against Manchester United with a little bit more of positive momentum. Um, they're still um, group first in Group B with nine points, and Manchester United has eight points. Um, Eindhoven is playing at home against uh, Moscow. So, you know, Manchester United probably needs to win at Wolfsburg if they uh, want to make sure that they, they advance to the knockout round and Wolfsburg uh, would be through with a, with a tie. So I think it'll be a good match. Um, and the other interesting one is Leverkusen um, 
is uh, hosting Barcelona. So if you know Leverkusen uh, wins against Barcelona, um, at least if Chicharito continues on his superb form, um, then they can be true as well. Um, they played well in Barcelona um, until the last 15 minutes. So you know these are close games. They are not as uh, you know obvious as they used to be a few years back. So you you, you hold out a hope that uh, Leverkusen could could beat Barcelona because the reason that uh, Leverkusen has, has a, in my opinion has a much better uh, goal differential is because they haven't played Barcelona twice yet. Okay, to be very yeah. honest with yeah. you. <laughs> right. But the thing is, you know, they still got you know they got Bate and they've got Roma. Wow, that's that that's good. E, B and and E are are very very good stuff. And the, um, Munchen, of course, is through an F easily. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I mean, I guess for Olympiacos, uh, they could be on twelve points also if Munchen would lose. But I don't see Munchen uh, possibly losing the match. Okay, but what do you think about Arsenal and Olympiacos? Um, Arsenal, I guess if they win, they're in. If Arsenal, if they win, they're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in as far as into the the next. Knockout round of the uh, Champions League, so you know, it looked like they were dead, but they certainly have the goal differential now that they have to win. How do you see them doing it at Olympiacos? Because I know that's a tough place to play there. Always, it, it's really tough. Yeah, you're right. It's really tough to play there. Arsenal. It, it depends on what Arsenal team shows up. They have been playing really well, for example, against Munich. Um, then they can play really poorly. Um, so if the uh, Arsenal team from hosting Munich shows up, then they can beat the Olympiacos and go through the next round. Well, they do have certain injuries want... in the midfield that I think are going to yeah. going to may, may hamper them a bit. But you know, lastly, because I know you're you're a big Chelsea fan, so you know you got Chelsea uh, hosting Porto for re- really all the marbles. But in in theory, if if Dinamo Kiev win and Chelsea lose, they could be out of the Champions League as well. So, you know, nothing is settled there. The winner of that is going to probably, the winner of that game, provided that there's a winner, is going to get, you know, is going to get the first seed. But it looks, you know, what, what do you see there? Because Porto is a tough team. Chelsea's, you know, really staggering. So it's interesting to see, I guess, what Chelsea team comes comes forth in that game in front of their home crowd. Talk about, you know, you know pride and with their, with, their, with their home crowd. This is a big one for Chelsea. Yeah. So I guess Chelsea's um, is hosting. Is that right? Chelsea's hosting Porto, and Kiev has Tel Aviv. So I mean that you know that's going to be a walkthrough with a lot of goals for for Kiev. So there's a, there, there seems to be a certainly a decent chance that one of those big those big players, Chelsea or Porto, are, are going to be out. You know, and that's interesting only because they are always very strong uh, teams in the Champions League. Chelsea and Porto. One of them could yeah. be out, you know. Even though it doesn't look that way now, but you know, if uh, if Kiev lays a five nothing uh, uh, drubbing on Tel Aviv, uh, so there it is. So I guess the, the big question this this week is Chelsea. Uh, you know, which Chelsea is going to show up, and the Wolfsburg uh, Manchester United match. I think that's really the yeah. the two big ones. I think you have. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be about it. I mean, you have you have Juve and, and City to see which team comes out of uh, out of that bracket, yeah. you know, and gets the better thing. So, anything else? Uh, any big news going on with the Bundesliga right now? You know, there seems to be the uh, um, rumor in the air that Guardiola might leave uh, Bayern um, after after this season. 
Um, but it's just speculation. It's, Manchester City has been in the running. Um, not a week goes by where there's a new rumor about um, Guardiola leaving or taking another sabbatical. Um, but he has kind of found his groove in Munich. I think he likes the infrastructure. I, I think he likes the support of the club. Um, and if he uh, negotiates for something in his uh, contract uh, to stay in Munich, it will be to have more say in uh, players' decisions and in in the youth development. Matthias, so these are kind of you know qualitative um, uh, things. Matthias, before before we let you go, wh- wh- where are the rumors to him going? City? Uh, wh- where where's the main? You know, rumor mill going. Manchester City. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. they get everybody, so that's not a big surprise. <laughs> or Chelsea. Yeah. Or, I mean, I mean that neither of them would be a big surprise. If you told me he was thinking of going to Tottenham, that would be interesting. Yeah, but well, hey, by the time he shows yeah. up in Man City, they'll have a rumor about the next manager to come to replace Guardiola. So well, I'll tell you, they had on, yeah, exactly. on, on NBC Sports, they had me before the match, the Liverpool match today. They had, they certainly had, they were showing the newspapers, you know, the, the back and front page of the papers. Sure, sure. And they were showing it. There was a lot of Guardiola stuff there. So, wow. Yep. Yeah. I, so it's obviously it's obviously live at least in the printed media, okay, for sure. So anyway, Matthias, thank you so much, man. So now we're all now we can talk about something beside uh, Munchen because now they've they're human. They are human, as human exactly. as a soccer team, you know, or at least as human as a soccer team can be today. But uh, so there we go. So thank you, my friend, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. And one thing before you leave, oh, as I'm usual, sorry. shout your crew, Matthias. Uh, my crew. Yes. I, I was just listening. Um, who was the gentleman before me? Eric. Eric Krakow, Krakow, yes. Of the of the of the Manhattan Kickers. Well, I play. I'm a little bit older, so I play on the over uh, uh, thirty team of the Manhattan Celtics. So I want to uh, give a, a shout out to them. Wow, maybe you and the Kickers will will meet up at some point on the on a pitch in a local New York town. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthias. Great talking to you as always. Okay. Thank you, Matthias. Take care. We'll talk to Matthias next week. Always brings it. Oh, but if, if I was playing, I'd be like on the Manhattan Limpers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Manhattan Crawlers, okay? And, or maybe it's Crawlers. I don't know. I wanted us to. I like it, Eric. But anyway, there we go. So uh, lines are clear. 888-728-9941. That's 888-728-9941. Vuva Soccer, sponsored Vuva by Soccer. the Iron Abbey. And I want to give a shout-out. Can I give a shout-out? Oh, please cool give bet? a shout-out. Absolutely shout out to our, not. <laughs> I, I'm going to give a joint shout-out with my buddy Bob Long because we want to shout-out to our buddies that we met at Villa Capri at Doylestown yes. yesterday, right? Absolutely. What a good time. These guys are such hardcore soccer guys. That what did they do at halftime of the game? They went out and played, and you can pronounce it a lot better than I can, because apparently, and this is, these are not my words, so I'm sorry, but I was told directly, this isn't from your time. That's what I was told. Your time. My time. It's when from they my said, time, They said maybe. it's not from your time to But it's me. not from my continent anyway, even if it's from my time. <laughs> Subateo, Subateo, Subzabudio. I'm not really sure. You know the game. It's beautiful to I look at. I did before yesterday. It's a gorgeous thing. It's kind of the equivalent. It's like felt. It's like they, it's like a felt field. So you lay down a board, right? And it's got a whole soccer field on it. There, you have these little players, and you flick them into the ball, which moves the ball down the field. And it's kind of like electric football, man. It looked to me like it was never. Yeah, it was never looked functional, but it was very aesthetically beautiful. You know, you could buy this as a kid. You could paint the fans. Good stuff. So uh, that would be. That's why I want to say hi to Matt, who who has a wonderful bar over there. Yes, treated us really well. Um, 
Doyle, who else do we have there? We, we had a lot of friends there yesterday, right? I want to shout out the whole gang from Villa Capri. Thanks for being so nice to us. I'm sure we will see you soon. The only thing I have, the only problem I have with the Villa Capri crowd, way too many Arsenal fans for me. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong, Bob? You know I mean, what? You know, uh, here's yeah. what I always say about this, and you, this is probably a broken record, but when we go to these places, yeah, they don't have the kits that we have, right? And Tottenham and Arsenal are certainly fans of of different teams and their big rivals. But on this side of the pond, when it comes to English Premier League football, we are all on the same team. That's not not true, man. I was out there on the deck there at Villa Capri fighting them one at a time. I can't fight them all, but one at a time for Tottenham against those Arsenal Yeah, I think your whole Manhattan Crawlers, Limpers team was out there (laughs) making things happen. I'll tell you, it was, man, I was fighting like it was 1987, man. I I was at my best, let me tell you, okay? Or maybe 1999. Like That's the song. okay. That's okay. a yeah party like it's 1999. But anyway, and we- here on Vuvuzela again, that number eight 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 seven two eight nine nine four one. You can like we have been doing all day. Shout your crew. So 888-728-9941. And that was a wonderful... Everybody loves to shout their crew. Now, I'm an older guy, yes. and I thought you were telling them to shoot their crew. So I, I, thought that might have been, I thought that might have been a little off-collar, but now I know. See, I'm getting in. I'm almost in the new millennium, my friend, and it's a good deal thanks to you. So thank you. Let's, let's, thank let's, you very much. Let's check out our Twitter here. Um, there have been some top... Um, what do we call them? In The guys that get involved with our stuff. Um, interactors. Top interactors. All right, we're going to have a look at our top interactors and shout a couple of them out. Shout um, them out. Swansea uh, City updates. Um, that's a real, let's look at it. Fantastic. Swansea City has a group of people that uh, support and, and promote their stuff. We want to big them up. Yeah. Um, up to Wales. Very up nice. To Wales. Yes. Will Macmillan. Uh, yeah, he's with he's with the soccer quiz. Yes, we need to do our soccer quiz. We need to mention soccer quiz. Remember, we need to have a quiz of our own as well. Yes, yes, yes. What are we all doing? Oh, not that kind of quiz. Where is anybody? You don't want to get that. <laughs> we don't get that serious. Okay, um, we need to do it. But yeah, yeah. So we will. Yeah, definitely the world soccer quiz. Yes. We deal with it a lot on our. Facebook stuff, and also we'll be doing it on our new website, which is getting real close oh, to being there, man. Yes. I know I've only been saying that for two years, but it's really going to happen, okay? Right, Thor? Yes. We're bringing it up, baby. We're bringing it up. Alex, if you're out there, Alex, he, if Alex makes stuff. it through finals alive, we're going to have our site. That's right? exactly right. That's so the Drexel professors are going to go easy on him. Yeah, go easy yeah. on Alex, man, please. He's a good guy. Anthony. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. We'll get them later. Yes. We will get them later. Plenty of time. But right now we have Faithful Holding. I believe this is Raphael Gellar of BBC. And Raphael is now on Vuvuzela presented by the Iron Abbey. How are you today? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing? Wait, he threw me. Wait, I thought you were in Israel, Raphael. It says New York, New York up there. Are you in New York? No, I'm in Israel. I'm in Israel. Wow. Israel. I think, wow, that's good reception, I, man. Really good stuff, <laughs> you know? Anyway, good to know. Okay, I just, everyone we know calls from New York. It's very weird, but there are other places. Raphael, my man, tell us about So, Raphael, Bob, you take it over. I should have jumped in there. No, Bob's laughing at no, me. That, I'm going to shut up now. No, okay? no, please uh, keep going. I just enjoyed the uh, the tangent. But. So, Raphael, <laughs> yeah. um, Eric mentioned that uh, the reception is clear. I have a question for you. There seems to be a lot of conflict going on in Israel. And what I want to know is, what is the climate like for a person like you sitting at home making a phone call today? What is the, because we hear the news, this, that, the other. We know there are games, Champion League's game going on over there. What's happening? What does it feel like to live there and to be there currently? 
Um, pretty safe. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> much safe. I feel much safer in Israel than I than I would in the United States right now. Wow, that is a, a telling statement. That was not the answer you were expecting, though. I could tell by your face there. Well, how is it safe? I'm, I'm mean, taking you're not near the Gaza Strip or something like that, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. You know, we, we don't have uh, mass shootings here every day. Um, <laughs> so right. That's a good point. You know, at least when someone's going to shoot you over there, you know it. Yeah. I shouldn't say that because yeah. they have a lot of terroristic. I mean, it's just a horrible thing. But it's interesting, Thorne. You're, you're on to something, you know, with the stuff. I think it was in San Bernardino, California. Yes. Which, by the way, it is now. They know it's terrorist related, by the way. That's what they said. Right. So mm-hmm. when you watch that from afar, uh, Raphael. Uh, you know, what do you th- what do you think? Because you know we hear the, the stuff in Israel. Yeah, and, hey, it's really that different being there and looking at this. You know, we're much you know we're much less equipped to handle this kind of stuff than people that 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 are born and raised over there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think one of the issues is accepting that this is something that's happening and kind of you know not being so politically correct about it, and if it's if it is what it is, you need to face it and not try and pretend it's something else. And right now, the world is dealing with uh, a lot of uh, radical Islamic terrorism, unfortunately, from, you know, all the way from Chechnya and Russia to, to the United States, to Israel, to Europe, um, to South America, to, to different parts of Asia. There's been all sorts of foiled attacks. It's, this is what we're dealing with. And... Um, you know, there's all sorts of different groups. They basically all stand for the same thing. They all have different ideology, but similar core principles. And, um, you know, with, with the development of ISIS and them getting stronger and building more cells across How is that world, possible? <laughs> yep. How is that possible? Because no one's really doing anything to stop them. I ah. Think people have done this. So yeah, we have the largest. You. you know what's happening right now, sir? We have French. We have France. We have Britain. We have America. We have several countries that are now attacking ISIS, and they're getting stronger. We have to figure out what are they eating. <laughs> and, well, and I'll tell yeah, you but, what. And what we'll find out, just as a, I guess, a public service announcement tonight, yeah. the United, the President of the United States, Barack Obama, will deliver a nationwide and worldwide address starting at 8 p.m., and I believe it'll overtake football and some of uh, the other big events going on on Sunday evening prime time tonight, so something to watch out for. Obviously, we got away from soccer a little bit, but it's a, an issue of national security, so for those listening, feel free to and definitely be advised to tune in to the President of the United States at 8 o'clock tonight. Well, I like getting away from soccer sometimes. Sometimes. But just because getting people. back to soccer. Mm. So just getting back to now, we talked, uh, I don't know, about maybe five or six weeks ago, Raphael, and we talked about... Uh, T- Mac- uh, is it Maccabi Tel Aviv again? You know, making yeah. the Champions League and how wonderful it was for the city for for Israel. Uh, it didn't fare too well. N- not surprising. I think the goals against difference is one four and fifteen against something like that. How was making it into the Champions League and having teams of the quality that came to play there? How was it received? How did it go? I know you were talking about the big stadium they used. How was it, and was there any problems with any type of terroristic things during the uh, the Israeli portions of the uh, Champions League? Uh, there were minor things here and there. I mean, I guess in the United States you'd probably categorize it as more you know, severe. There's in one of the games, there was a rocket attack about 100 kilometers south of where the stadium was. But for the most part, everything 
was uh, pretty quiet. All the teams um, agreed to come. There was no team that was worried about their security. But yeah, like you said, they didn't they didn't do so well. Um, the level of talent and budgets between the teams that they happened to play were all just much, much, much higher. Whether it's Chelsea or Kiev or Porto, uh, all those teams are much well more equipped with whether it's better players or better management, better basically better uh, everything. Um, and it showed on the pitch. I mean, it wasn't a surprise. Uh, it's Makari Tel Aviv's got lucky that they made the Champions League, and uh, the luck kind of ran out after the qualifying round. Uh, but they got a lot of money. You know, they got about right. 16 million euro. Uh, they got a lot of money from uh, exposure that it gave, and uh, they got a lot of atten- international media attention, which is a positive, since the uh, the management of the team is mostly international. They're not Israeli. Had a lot of interviews and different media outlets, whether it's Portuguese media, or especially with Chelsea, that there was almost an interview with um, every British newspaper or the Independent, Guardian, excuse me, the Telegraph. So that was good. Uh, but the bottom line is they weren't ready to participate in the Champions League, and uh, you know the goal is to to get better and better and be more competitive. Um, but that's going to take some time and. I think uh, you know the players know that the fans know that, and despite you know the results, the fans were very happy to see good football from the other team and to see their their favorite team compete on a on a high level. We're speaking to Rafael Geller uh, from Tel Aviv, and uh, I, I guess the, I guess my ultimate question is, what kind of bump, if any, do you feel the uh, the Premier League in Israel will will get? for having this exposure through Maccabi Tel Aviv. And the money, um, and the money that came need, with it too, I guess. Yeah, it it doesn't need it. I mean, Israel Israel has one of the best football um uh I'm trying to think television deals in the world. You you can watch the Belgian league, the Russian league, the German league. Everyone watches the Premier League. Every single game of the Premier League is on. Um, there's supporter groups from at almost every team, even teams like West Ham. There's thousands of Israelis in Israel that follow them. Israelis are very no- known internationally to be big sports people. At the World Cup in 2014, there were 11,500 Israelis. Um, Israeli fans are known to travel. When Apollo Tel Aviv played AC Milan in the early 2000s, there was 10,000 Israeli away fans. So Israelis love football more than most uh, European countries in terms of watching other people's leagues. I mean, there's literally, like I said, there's everything on. So if you're a football fan, you know, you watch German, Belgian, Russian, French, Italian, Portuguese. I mean, this is all on every every single big game. So Raphael is um, a big sports, Scottish. Com- big sports community there, huh? Yeah, big. I mean, people love the Premier League. The Premier League. The, the, it's interesting, actually. Uh, the the owner of the television channel that has uh, the Premier League is is the famous uh, agent Pini Zahavi, who many of you remember as being mm. the most notorious football agent, most famous agent in Europe. In 2000, was responsible for almost every Manchester United deal, uh, Rio Ferdinand's deal from Leeds to United with him, um, countless, countless deals. At one point, was considered the biggest football agent in the world. 
opinions obviously he owns um the channel and he makes sure that there's a lot of uh Premier League action so everyone you know like I said whether it's Premier League or La Liga or Syria or everything's on you know everything's on and um it's it's great I okay mean, they love great. their soccer okay we okay they love their soccer there all types of professional soccer how's the NFL play there or does it play there I'm just curious on the other side of the world yeah, people people like it. I mean, it's on TV. There's games on right now. Um, I don't know how it does in the ratings when there's, for example, there's also an AC Milan match right now that I have on in the background. So I don't know, you know, how many people are watching, but they do get games. I mean, there's really everything. Uh, but the biggest sport, obviously, is is football and and also uh, basketball because David Blatt's the coach of the Cavaliers. He's Israeli. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, That's right. So. They show almost every Cavs game, and that a lot of people do watch, even if it's in the middle of the night, because uh, he has a very loyal following. He obviously he was born in America originally, but moved to Israel in the early '80s to play for professional basketball, and never really went back to America. Stayed here, and and coached a lot of uh, Israeli teams, and also coached abroad in Russia and Italy and all sorts of other countries. But you know, he's Israeli as it comes, Israeli passport. Uh, you know, he speaks fluent Hebrew. His kids, his kids are born and raised in, in Israel. Play for the Israel national team. Actually, one of his sons. So that's you know, NBA is pretty big here. Uh, Raphael, and, and I'm sorry, but I was just going to say, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to say thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I know it's about midnight there, right? <laughs> or close to yeah, it, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to tell you, don't worry about us. I know you're, you know, you are watching all your sports and everything's like very safe over there. We're, 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 you know, we're doing okay. We, you know, the, the terrorists, <laughs> st- stuff's kind of calmed down for the week, so we seem okay. And don't worry about us. We're going to be okay, and you, you stay safe too, okay? And Raphael, uh, it's a great <laughs> pleasure to hear your voice. And I would love for you to big up your crew, big up your folks, let them know that you're thinking about them and you mean them well. Okay, thank you for having me on, guys. All righty. <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> I'm a big up his team for him. Big up all Raphael's people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right, we need thank, to do that. Yes. Thanks, okay. Raphael. We'll thanks, talk Raphael. to you soon. That was good stuff. Thank hey, you. you. It's hard sometimes, you yes, know? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it took me a while late. to get used to the lingo. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's midnight. It's past midnight there. Yes. Now, I want to use this word. Bob's laughing at us again. I am <laughs> laughing at you. Yeah. Yes. Well, at least you're laughing with us, hopefully. That's, not that's one way to look at it, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how I choose to look at it. And, gents, it's also the bottom gents? of the hour. He just called us gents. 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 Oh, so it is the bottom of the hour, so we have to uh, take a quick break. Pay we'll the bills. Fantastic. Uh, we're not going to pay the bills. We're going to take a break and have a great time and let all our sponsors disgust themselves in, in all their glory. Not, okay. I, I don't like paying the bills, <laughs> so I'm not going to go there. All right, no more there's wacky cigarettes in here. Yes, okay? I'll exactly. I'll put a ban yes. on all of them, right? But we do have Thorn Holders uh, segment coming up on the other side. Excited to hear all about that. And maybe if we can get a mention as well before we close up shop of the U.S. women's national team against Trinidad and Tobago in Hawaii, canceled due to the condition of the pitch, or should I say oh, wow. turf, and uh, of some of the fallout because of that. And, of course, hopefully another match before we get out of here, Eric, about our alma mater and, and Erica Walsh's Penn State Nittany Lions. We yeah. teased it right at the beginning, but yeah. national champions for 2015 in the college women's circuit. So excited about that. We'll be right back. First on the time ever side. and first time Big Ten team ever. So that's great. That's exactly right. Vuvu soccer. We'll be back. 
Robner, Allen Robner, Zimmerman and Nash is a law firm specializing in workers' compensation, personal injury, domestic relations, and any other legal matter affecting individuals' rights and freedoms. Eric Nash, host of Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show, is a named partner and has been helping injured individuals for nearly 22 years. Call 215-953-2720 for a free consultation. Most legal matters are handled on a percentage basis. Call 215-953-2720. That's 215-953-2720. The law firm of Rovner, Allen, Rovner, Zimmerman, and Nash. They get results. Are you a soccer fan wondering where you can catch the soccer match with a great pub atmosphere? The Iron Abbey in Horsham is the place featuring EPL, La Liga, and Champions League. Also a proud pub partner with the Philadelphia Union with early openings Saturday and Sunday for the games with a great breakfast menu and food menu to complement the atmosphere. The Iron Abbey voted Best Bar of the Year 2015 offers 40 beers on draft and over 800 bottles to choose from. Visit their award-winning bottle shop, The Loft, for great takeout and mix and match six-packs to go. If you're a soccer fan, you have to check out Iron Abbey, the official soccer pub in the Burbs. Go to ironabbey.com for schedules and like them on Facebook to stay up to date. Please check out the Iron Abbey presents Vuvuzela World Soccer Show every Sunday from 3 to 5 on 610 Sports. Roughneck Scarfs is proud to be an official sponsor of the Vuvuzela Show. Roughneck specializes in custom scarves for schools, clubs, supporters, and corporate promotions. They're also the official scarf supplier to U.S. Soccer, MLS, USL, and NCAA. Visit roughneckscarves.com and use promo code VUVU for an exclusive discount on your next scarf order. Roughneck Scarves. Better service, better designs, better scarves. If you suffer from pain or tension, Dr. Frank McCaffrey of Academy Injury and Health Center can help. Academy Injury can help you get out of pain just like they've helped many patients in WTEL's listening audience. In fact, mention the word soccer and receive an incredible first visit special offer. Call Academy Injury and Health Center at 215-637-1212. That's 215-637-1212. Academy Injury and Health Center can get you out of pain and enhance your performance. Glad to hear you're excited, Tony. Yes, always excited, always happy. We get, um, we get these we get these uh, pep talks from from, from Thorne. Thorne. That's very good. Yeah, Thorne's very upbeat, so it's very good. I'm all happy now. So, uh, everything is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got I tried to get his phone. No, I got your phone. Okay, I have to I have to wrestle that with my mind a little. So mm-hmm. Thorne, what do you have? What do you have on hand for us today, my friend? All righty. First of all, in this studio, uh, we are going to address violence as violence, all right? Um, Sometimes we use the word terror and all of this, and people get confused like it's separate. No, every day people are being kidnapped and murdered in in cities around the world, and it's violence, and it needs to stop all around, all right? Um, I think it's weird that we want to address, let's say, ISIS, for example, when ISIS hasn't killed as many people as other things. All right, that's the first thing. The second thing is— That's a good point. No, you're right. I mean, Um, it's just very fresh, I guess. I think we have to uh, ask questions as well. 
you know, um, when we when we're looking at, for example, Chelsea, and I'm gonna bring it back to soccer for Bob here. When we're looking at Chelsea, um, instead of just saying, "Oh, Jose needs to be like this," he has to stop uh, being like uh, so aggressive, and he has to no. Let's ask some questions before we make some judgment. Anyway, let's get into the program. Let's get into the excitement and why we're here at this segment. Now, I met a fantastic gentleman last week. Uh, he is um, he's a he's a person like myself he's a creator he likes creating he likes using his ideas um to make him money and to 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 enjoy life so um just a little bit about this segment uh for a couple weeks we have had no name for it because we were trying to find that perfect name and we have all right now um the name of this segment is called the other life all right, the other life. Because when we look at players, uh, players have a very short career. If they start playing at 15 um, and you're pretty good and you're not a goalkeeper, you might be in your prime between 17 and 32. So what happens is during that career, this player has other stuff on his mind. He has other expertise. He has other things that are, that are affecting the game um, in all professional sports and in all professions. And what I think uh, we're going to do here on this segment is, is have a look because we have you know when we spoke to Shaka in the first segment um, Brian asked a great question he was like hey how did you get into broadcasting you know and he started giving us a story about his life but we got into the other life all right we got into the other life of um of um of, of Shaka so we're going to continue to do that and uh, uh you know that's that's going to be the base of things here why this is called the other life a pick into a peak into the lives of professional athletes. The name of this segment is The Other Life, a peek into the life of professional athletes before and after the game. Now, we have a very special caller. I, I like to say he's very special, and his name is, is Super Dave. Super Dave, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm not sure how special I am, but I always like talking to you guys. He's special, uh, like the Special Olympics. Uh, anybody that, that calls in. <laughs> not quite like okay. that. To our Erica, show? Go, mm -hmm. Sorry, I couldn't. get Erica, Erica Walsh next week. She oh, won the wow. national championship with Penn State today. I'm glad you and brought that up. I'll be reaching out yep. I'll be reaching out to her uh, soon after. I know they want to have some champagne and celebrate and have 24 hours. Well, they, might, they may not be old enough for the champagne unless the laws are different in North Carolina. <laughs> I, I didn't get to watch too much of it. We, we were at a gathering. I just snuck out to quickly call you, but they won one nothing. They got the goal yep. in the second half. I didn't see it, and they hung on at the end. And I remember Erica when she was playing t-ball with my children. So uh, oh, wow. we, we go back. <laughs> That's awesome. She man. was the, she was she was the only girl on the boys' soccer team. My son was a keeper, a freshman keeper, and she was a senior uh, midfielder. And she, I think she she was a great athlete in all sports. So I'm glad to see that uh, she brought the first national title to. To Penn State. Now. Where's, she, from, where's she from, Dave? Lower Moreland. Huntington, oh, nice. Huntington Valley. Wow. It's great. It's, it's been a long time coming. As you know, Dave, for as many Big Ten conference championships as they've won in a row, and the fact that they got to the championship just a few years back, and this was against another fellow uh, Tobacco Road opponent, and that was North Carolina, now to, to beat Duke. Duke, uh, right, right. Very and exciting. Fantastic. It was great. Now, and Dave. We have you on a very special segment here. This segment is called The Other Side. I want you to speak ex about exactly what you're speaking about, but give, us, give it to us from the point of view of, let's say, much more than the field. 
All right, let's talk about the passion. Let's talk about the emotion. Let's talk about the heritage, the culture. So, of, of, I, the, game, of the game itself or the college game we're talking about? You, what you are talking about. <laughs> so the, uh, the, yeah. Watching yeah. the, oh, well, I, I mean, the passion is that we grew up, the, the kids today grow up with the sport. Yes. Erica, Erica had a brother, unfortunately, passed away when he was oh. a, a freshman or sophomore in college, but he was geared to play uh soccer at Drexel. He used to referee the kids' games when they were little. I watched these kids grow up playing this sport, and uh, it's getting more and more popular because more and more kids are playing it today. And I think it's great. Uh, There's no I doubt think, about it. There's no doubt about that. You know, One of these days yeah. when we get Tommy Smith on again, I'd love to ask him a question that I heard him talk about uh, after one of the games that he did on the radio in 2010 with, uh, with the World Cup. And he's, they questioned his feeling about uh, American soccer, and he said, believe it or not, one of the biggest problems with a professional game is the kids play college ball, and when they're out of college, they're 22, 23, and they got to learn a different type of soccer yes. where they you know, where they don't get substituted as much. And, uh, and let's see if, how he feels about it today. I remember he went into that in a big way. He said it was great that the kids go to college, but once they get out of college, they're 23, 24 years old, 23 years old, they may red shirt a year and so, and it's, you know, they might be getting, they, they should be in their prime like they are at that age in England and, and in Spain and all. So that would be an interesting thing to bring up with him sometime in the future. But the passion is there with the kids. I mean, I guess it's even more so in Europe because these kids grow up with the sport more so than we do. Indeed. Not, you Indeed. know, in the professional level. But uh, I'll tell you something, as old as I am, I watched the Barcelona-Valencia game yesterday. And yes. Watching that goal at the end of that game it was just breathtaking, I thought. The way uh, Alcazar, how do you pronounce his last name, brought the ball that down. That first touch, right? Oh, yes. Oh, it was just beautiful. Just, I just hey. just jumped out of my seat when they scored the goal. Hey, Dave, I, I just want to ask you one quick thing. What do you think of Gary right. Neville uh, coaching? That was his first game uh, in France. Uh, wait, well, he yeah. didn't coach it. He didn't coach it. He was in the he was in the press. He was in oh, the, okay. the press in the suite. Yeah. But okay. his brother was the assistant. Now they got the Neville brothers coaching. <laughs> Very coach. good. The Neville brothers. The Neville brothers. But Philip was on the sideline with I forget the name of the coach. Where he's an interim coach. But Gary takes over in the Champions League on Tuesday. And, boy, that's going to be Tuesday's going to – I think they play Tuesday. And that's going to be – if it's not, then it's Wednesday. But whatever, Tuesday's got so many possibilities with, uh, with, with Manchester United and all. That's going to be a great uh, – both legs are good. Both games, Tuesday and Wednesday, are going to be awesome. Well, listen, we're going to have to let you get back to your party because we're – Luckily, we have okay. callers lining up, my friend, but yes. thank you. Okay. Oh, happy Hanukkah to you, by the way, so, Dave, my friend. Thank you. Same to you guys. Yep. Before you jump yep. off, before you jump off, Dave, you have <laughs> to shout your crew, sir. You must. It's a must. You have to. What's that? <laughs> Big, okay, your crew is the people that you love, friends and family and so on in your life. This is an opportunity. Well, my grandchildren. Your my grandchildren. grandchildren and my children. There you go. Lovely. They're nice. the best. All righty. Okay. No, you're the best, Thank Dave. You. Thanks for calling, man. Thank, Thank you so bye much. Bye. Okay, there you go, Dave. Now, this week, uh, we have a very special guest. He's one of our youngest guests that we've had on the show. Uh, his name is Mr. Keen Ritchie, and um, we are very excited to have him on. Keen, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How was your weekend? It was good. Now, we had a session on Friday, <laughs> and it was a yeah. very exciting session. Do you care to tell us that story of what happened? Uh, so we were playing keep away uh -huh, with the uh -huh. soccer ball, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine kicks it into the river. <laughs> Which river was that? The Schuylkill River. The Schuylkill. All right, so we had a soccer ball in the Schuylkill River. Carry on, sir. <laughs> good, the good thing is that's not the worst thing that's been in the Schuylkill River. No. <laughs> so, yeah, and go ahead. we had to get it back. So, so it, was, it was my ball, so we had to get it back. And uh, <laughs> we had to throw rocks around it to try to push the current and push the ball towards a ladder that I climbed down and the rocks were being thrown and I uh, scooped up the ball once it got close to me. And we saved it. So somebody's going to yeah. get in some trouble here. I hope you watched it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I hope yeah, you we, gave it a good cleaning afterwards. We, we, had, yeah. um, we had safety harnesses. Um, um, but let me, let me say, it was, very ex- it was, a, it was an adventure. Because we were doing our workout, we were doing our exercises, and we decided we are not going to let this ball go. But that was some <laughs> excitement. Um, now, going into today, Kane, um, you go to the Philadelphia school. All right. Yeah. And you're 13 years old. 14. What, 14. What team do you play for? I play for Penn Fusion. The Penn Fusion. I'm guessing if you had a choice, uh, you're a soccer player. Now I've seen you. You're a top player of great passion and great motivation. What sport would you pick if you had another option? Uh, well, currently I wrestle and I also run track, but I want to start uh, – Boxing. I think boxing looks pretty cool. Now, this segment, this segment is called the, the Other Side. A peek into the lives of professional athletes before and after the game. Currently, we have a gentleman on the line here, Kane Ritchie, who is 14 years old, and he's at the before stage of the professionalism. And we see that he's very, very active as a wrestler and so on. Now, Kane, um, what would you... Uh, Let's say, what would you like to see more in terms of U.S. soccer uh, for youth, youth development? We have the MLS, we have other leagues. Um, how do you feel that you could be better helped as a young athlete uh, going forward in the game? What are some opportunities you think you need more of? Uh, I think more of like, you know, how in Europe they have youth academies where they actually go to school and play soccer. I think that in America, it's pretty serious, but I think that would help a lot of young players. I do agree. I do agree. Hey, Kane, I just want to ask this is Eric Nash. I just wanted to ask you, what do you think about the laws that seem to be getting implemented through U.S. soccer for use for younger people like yourself about the, the heading, like banning heading from the game? How do you feel about that as a soccer player, as a young soccer player? I think that if you want to head the ball, you have to be smart about it. You don't need to like duck down to get a header or I think that you just like got to use your head. Like if your head hurts, try not to head the ball. Try to settle it with your chest or your knee or take a good first touch with your foot. But I think banning heading doesn't make sense. The people who want to head the ball should be able to head the ball. They just got to do it very like in a smart way. Kane, my, my, my first thought when I heard about these legislations and these laws was that, you know, is it going to, it's changing the game. You as a player who are right in the age group where it's, where it's going to affect, do you feel that they're changing the game? And if they are, do you feel it's a bad change or a good change or it doesn't really matter, you'll adjust? I think I would adjust. I don't think it would matter too much, but I haven't seen too much of the changing in my league or like with my team. Like No one has really said anything about the changing. I actually haven't heard much about it, but... Kane, this is Bob Long here. First of all, welcome to the show. And this is for Kane or anybody else here sitting in the studio. But 
Have there been any talks about, I mean, I would think that some sort of increased maybe headgear, even to just sort of allay the blow a little bit on the head, because, and I know Thorne's waving his arms, probably saying no, but my question is this, right? We're, we're changing the game, okay, but we're changing the game at, at what level? At, at levels where these kids, even though Kane, you and your, your friends, you know, you may be wonderful players and destined for stardom and professionalism someday, but that day is not now. And so coming from maybe maybe a little bit more of a conservative perspective, what's the harm to save the contact or the, or the you know, repetitive, um, I guess, against, say, a head uh, and a person's, a child's brain that's still developing at that point? For me, it would be a safety thing. And that's, I guess, my thought. But any any reaction to that in the studio or otherwise? So, Kane. No. Okay, go ahead, sir. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was... Yeah, um, Bob, to respond to your question, first of all, uh, I, I agree with Kane as far as technique. You know, he, he sees. Oh, he, for he, sure. Yeah, head the ball properly in your forehead, that's going to be all right. I think Eric Cracker, Cracker mentioned the same thing last week. Um, we see all, about 80% of goals scored in the, in the premiership is scored from cross balls. Yep. About 20, 30% is head balls. If you have a head gear, suddenly put on your head, your accuracy is going to be reduced significantly. I'm talking about developing brains. I'm talking about young kids doing this, not not at the professional level. Uh, I think Pepsi hurts the young brains a lot more than heading a ball once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, Keen, sorry, before... Well, and both. Yes. What? <laughs> this, let me tell you about Bob, by the way. He's Mr. Conservative, and we need that absolutely. Yeah, somebody has to be yeah, here. Yeah, anyway. We, <laughs> so it's why like, is protecting like, heads a, an absolute premium in, in American football, but it's not that big a deal in soccer? Because well, in soccer, you don't Violent. go clashing into people yeah. at 100 miles an hour on intention, purpose. Intention, but you'll, you'll right, hear people right, say that right. there are more concussions in soccer than in football. That's a good question. I mean, I don't know if that's true. You do hear that. I don't know. No, talking about the when you head the ball. I always thought that the issue was, you know, you're going to put your head out there and two heads are going to clash on a punted yeah. ball sure. midfield, sure. you know, That's and they're going to rip their head. You know. as well. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. To me, it's it's less violent. Certainly, maybe yeah. the repetitive nature of the head balls can I do can it. I can tell but, you, uh, yeah. it does not, um, the research has not shown any evidence that this affects the development of the brain. Now, before we completely leave our friend out here, uh, Kane, <laughs> um, you know, you're a young player. You know, again, I've worked with you for a couple of years. Um, what, what piece of advice would you give to other young players, let's say, that would give them an edge? You know, that would give them an edge. One, as an American player, you have a lot going on. You have school, uh, you have a lot of sports going on, and you have family. In Brazil, a player just might have soccer. So let's say, as an American player, what can you do uh, to give yourself an edge uh, um, against the other players in the world? I think that just work as much and as hard as you can because, you know, the players in brazil they don't go to school they wake up and their whole day is soccer yes. and they eat and it's just soccer and i think we like have a disadvantage because i mean we are getting an education yes. while they're not but we don't we don't really go like all soccer but i think working as hard as you can and as much as you can will definitely give you an edge and just pushing yourself like trying like i'm gonna be the best in the world and i'm gonna win is well, the mindset you should have while training 
I tell you, man, that's a fantastic mindset. Um, it's this is a great mindset, actually. Uh, we, when we spoke to Shaka, uh, that's one of the same things that he said um, that he felt that he could compete against against the best in the world. Now, before you go here, Kane, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Uh, you are made for the air. What, a, so, what a well-spoken young yeah, man! Yeah, seriously, absolutely. Wonderful. And we, we we do a thing here. We have a promotion going where um, we we shout our crew. Now, I know we have been working together with a number of guys, um, but let's say this is an opportunity for you to big up your squad. Shout your crew, Kane. Uh, shout out to my friend Josh and my yes. mom and dad and uh, my brother and my Isaiah. friend Mateo yes. listening in right now. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, my shout crew. All righty, fantastic. At the end of this show, guys, Kane and I have a one-hour session at the Schuylkill River. This is an open invite to all our listeners. Just meet us right under uh, the Schuylkill Bridge there at the Schuylkill River on the path, and we're going to have a great workout. You're not going to be fishing at any balls out of the river. We it's hope not. Cold, yeah, okay, <laughs> it just, is a bit chilly. Okay. You're not putting everything to work, because I, you know, I don't know. You know, you don't want to be hung upside down trying to fish a ball out of the Schuylkill. Though. I have video of it. I'm going to put it on okay. the camera. You guys <laughs> can see it. Very good. Bob will go. Bob's always, Bob's always up for some me. new adventures. Thank you, Kane. All righty. Take care, buddy. Thanks, good, Kane. He's a good kid right Fantastic. there. Fantastic. Yes. I, great for the segment that we had a youngster on here, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we so. do have to come back because I think certainly not time for it today. I want to come back to this heading thing, though. Yes. I really great. do. Because, uh, Thorne, you said the science doesn't back up that the kids are getting concussions from heading the no, ball. No, I never said that. I What'd said the say? science doesn't, doesn't back up that uh, as far as the brain's development, that that is a significant source of uh, hampering or retarding the development of kids. So kids that play soccer, there is no definitive evidence that shows that because they play soccer, that they are developing slower than any other kids that don't no, play. No, I, I would hope the science wouldn't share that, and I would absolutely say no. But what could happen is if there's not proper technique and just not the fully developed muscular and other things in your neck, your back, everything else that goes into that could cause more concussions and concussions do in fact if they happen in large quantities can hamper the intellectual development of people and that has been confirmed by I science think, many I think times over bob i think it's nice that we're thinking along these lines because it probably is thought processes that should have been activated 30 years ago sure. yeah. yep. you know i'm sure you know then you wouldn't have these linemen from from the uh, the NFL in the sixties and seventies, they couldn't tie their shoes by the time they were fifty. <laughs> I mean, really, right. you know, I mean, Jim Otto was one of the best linemen in the world. The guy can't even function. It's a Hall yeah. of Fame center. Yeah. Yep. So and you have people obviously with the CTE stuff going on. I mean, uh, the the brains of players that have died that have been autopsied and found their CTE. That's more football, obviously, yeah, than soccer. Like the 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 soccer. Okay, let's look at it. Um, you don't see a lot of head clashes in the game, and and we, we're not even talking about at the senior level. We're talking about development here. Sure, you know. Um, but like like you said, let's pencil this for another day. It's a great discussion, um, and I look forward to it, Bob, especially with you, sir. Absolutely, it's good yeah, stuff. I look forward to it. So I guess the final thought, and Dave mentioned it as well. Congrats again to the Penn State women's team, I'm, and I may reach out to him as well because I have connections and contacts up at Penn State. But it would be nice, uh, certainly, for him to be involved with that conversation with Erica as well. And if he can be a part in uh, helping us reach out to her, that'd be great. For all you've done for Penn State sports when you were there and still and the associations that you've built, I think they'd be very happy Hope so. to help us out with this. Because 
you know that that'll be great because it's really a big thing, and it, I'm so so glad that it, it didn't just go go by us on the radar. Okay. Yeah. Because you absolutely. know, you know, we, we're we've always been big big fans of 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 the women's sports and women's soccer particularly. And the irony is that those women were playing on real grass. Yes. In the College Cup final, but the U.S. women could not in Hawaii on a victory tour. Very so, frustrating. Real quick, before we leave, I'm going to do the same thing that I've been doing with all our guests. Guys in the studio, this is an opportunity to shout your crew. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Eric. No, you go. I'll go first. I'll save you. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. First and foremost, I want to big up my wife, Amber Wilzinski. She's been very supportive of the show. She's been helping with me a lot with the kids and the boys. She's provided me with some awesome twins. Thank you. Um, uh, Christine McPherson, uh, Caribbean Palm. Um, that's one of the people that I work with. Um, Larry Papa. Eric Nash, Bob the Weapon Long, Coach Camus God, Rodon Fabubaka, and Trinidad and Tobago and Philadelphia. Hey, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to big up the, our, our, our friends over at the Iron Abbey and also at, at Villa Capri. We had a lot of friends there. It's always a great place to watch soccer. That's on Court Street in Doylestown. Check it out. Great, great people, great food, great alcohol. <laughs> big ups to our folks here, our station, and we'll see you next week. This is Vuvuzela, the World Soccer Show.